0: Welcome to the What the Elwood podcast, the podcast that's all about Longwood Athletics. We talk with players, coaches, staff, alums, who knows? The goal is to bring Longwood and its stories closer to you straight from the source. I'm your host, Sam Hovan. Our guest today is Julie Dayton, an incredibly decorated Longwood alum who was awarded the William Henry Ruffner Award by the Longwood Alumni Office, the highest alumni honor someone can receive. Plus, she's in the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame, the Longwood Athletics Hall of Fame, and she even has a field named after her. So join us as we talk with her about her incredible story. We really appreciate your time today, Juliet. I wish we could have uh, could have met in person, but times are kind of crazy right now. So thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to to join us for the What the Elwood podcast. I had
1: Absolutely.
0: A, I wanted to dive into some questions. Um, we'll we'll start we'll start with the the recent award that you've gotten from the Longwood Alumni Office. It's the William Henry Ruffner Alumni Award obviously you're a storied Longwood alumni. What does it mean when you get that kind of an award? What does it mean to you? Well, I
1: read, I read a lot about him because I thought, my goodness, what, what does this really mean? What legacy did he leave? And, um, you know, um, I'm quite honored to have my name associated with, with anything like that. I think what has been, you know, sort of an interesting, and introspective uh time with all this um really really nice um accolade is just it's not it's not just an athletic award and never really thought about anything like that in my life i, I mean i've never expected an athletic award either but um but this feels like a tremendous responsibility in you know m- paying it forward even more so. I think, I think I've had enough great people influence me and set me up for success that I I have felt that obligation to, you know, sort of pay it forward. But now I really feel like, wow, this award is um, such, such an honor. And I know so many amazing Longwood alums um, from my era, from earlier eras, and from recent eras. And Uh, You know, just reading about the other award recipients, um, it's like, wow, it's very nice. I'm very humbled by it all.
0: What was it, I mean, what was it like when you found out?
1: Um, You know, I, most people would say they don't see me um, quiet very often, and uh, I I think I just sort of uh, absorbed the information Wanted to process all that, um, didn't know what to think about it all. And uh, obviously just very, very humbled by it all. So, it, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to say when um, when the alumni office called me. Uh, there was probably a moment of what? <laughs> and then, then uh, of course, a lot of gratitude. I mean, I'm just, I feel very fortunate that um, I get so much support.
0: And, you know, we you, you talk about being a Longwood alum and kind of the, the people that you know that came before, the people that, that have come after, even the people that were there with you. What did your time at Longwood mean to you?
1: Ooh. Longwood was, um, such a community and, um, it, it was a big enough community that you could reinvent yourself, I think, and go a lot of different directions with interests and passions, but it was a small enough community that, uh, I felt like I could find my way. I'm, I'm from a very small town in Delaware, Laurel, Delaware, proud of my roots there. Um, I chose Longwood mostly because at the time field hockey was such a strong program. Uh, I wasn't sure if I would be good enough to play there. They were ranked sixth in the country my senior year in high school um, under AIAW. So there's how old I am. And, um, you know, I just thought I want to go somewhere where I can play. And not a lot of people that I knew had actually gone on to college and um, no one in my family had at the time. So uh, I just... Uh, when I got there, I felt embraced and um, I loved when I visited Longwood. It just felt like home. And, um, you know, I think when you're on a team, you're always, you you have sort of your immediate family and it's just like siblings. You get along with some, not with others. You admire some and try to live up to their expectations and following their footsteps. And, you know, your your coach, of course, you want to make your coach happy and things like that. So, I don't know. I, I, I've often said that when I got to Longwood, I felt like I was a lightning bug let out of a jar. You know, if you caught lightning bugs when you were little, even mm-hmm. though you put holes and gave them breathing room. Um, my, my experience growing up was just very small town and small community and uh, everybody knew everybody and I got to Longwood and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's people from here and there. And I just didn't even know there was such a big, wide world out there. And so I, I mean, literally, I don't think I walked many places on campus. I ran everywhere. When classes were over, I ran to visit friends in the dorm. When practice was over, I ran, you know, to meet friends in the dining hall. I just I loved it. Um, I had a great time.
0: Uh, This is kind of tying into part of that. What was Longwood like back when you were attending school?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Well, the Cunninghams were a happening place. And, um, you know, I I have to use a map now to find my way around. Longwood has just evolved and grown and um, done so many amazing things. But when I was there, I think uh, it just felt a lot like family. You know, we we all went to other sporting events. You met the other athletes. Um, Intramurals were big. And um, I actually was able to participate in several intramural sports. Um, One one blessing that um, just was an odd twist of fate, my high school in Delaware only had field hockey, basketball, and softball for girls. And tennis might have added in somewhere, but it conflicted with, with those sports. I don't know if it was fall or spring. But um, the field hockey coach at Longwood at the time was Dee McDonough. And um, she took about, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 of us who had never played lacrosse. We were on the field hockey team. We had never played lacrosse. And she... Put a, She basically put a stick in our hand, took us in Isler Gym in, in January or, you know, in the winter before lacrosse was starting and, you know, taught taught us the game. And I thought it was, um, you know, sort of, I'm like, what what is this? <laughs> you know, this, this stick is getting in my way. And um, anyway, so it, it was a little challenging at first, picking up a new sport at 18. I was, uh, you know, I was sort of at a point where, you know, let's go, and I'm ready to go, and I've already learned all this, but in lacrosse, it was a new challenge that put me totally out of my comfort zone. I was completely insecure and afraid, but I, you know, speed, speed helps, and uh, once, once I got it after about three or four weeks, I mean, I just, I I loved it. It's a great game. It was a great uh, transfer of some things from field hockey and basketball, and Met more great people. Not everybody was on the field hockey team and uh, had, had a great coach in D. And then uh, Jane Miller came uh, after my sophomore year and Betty Harris came for field hockey. So anyway, I, I think most of my connection was with sports. Um, I had some great friends in sororities and uh, I did, did do that as well and played intramural flag football and badminton and basketball and you know it just seemed like a place you could do anything. Um, Now let me be clear I hardly ever missed class. I did go to class. I took my academics seriously and I felt a little bit you know I was very challenged by it. I was a little bit nervous about getting good grades but um, anyway so it was it was fun. I had a lot I had a lot of dear friends there, and just a lot of community.
0: Did your co- You mentioned intramurals. Did your coaches know you were playing intramurals?
1: So, uh, interesting question that I'm okay sharing this now, many, many years later. Um, our coach did not know that we did flag football, and as I recall, somebody on our team either broke their arm or got injured, and um, that, that didn't go over well. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good. Um, so that wasn't good. Uh, I actually did the Oktoberfest clown thing as well. Okay. And uh, I was the I was in the top near the top of the pyramid with just three people. Oh, wow. So, you know, then there were four, five, six, seven, eight. I think on the bottom. So that was a pretty far fall. And when we squashed, which was when you flattened out and the whole pyramid came down that was like big big thing with clowns um I I did land on my knee had a little bursitis issue and uh yeah that wasn't that wasn't that good either but we got through it we got through it
0: (laughs) hopefully coaches can forgive you now
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I, I I would say um you know Longwood inspired me to live life to the fullest and um, take advantage of all opportunities there. and So I think I took advantage of that.
0: Yeah. You, and you mentioned that a lot of the evolution and the change, I mean, obviously you said that you have to use a map. There's so many new buildings. How, how do you see athletics having played a role in stuff like that?
1: Uh, well, I think, I think as somebody who's sort of been in athletics my whole life, I'm, probably a little tunnel visioned, but um, you know, and, and interestingly enough, I have said many times, you know, why would you get out of bed if you didn't have sports? And now I'm sort of having to figure that out um, because the, the heartbeat of, you know, schools especially and college campuses, uh, so much of the heartbeat in, in my narrow mind is sports. You know, you get excited. It's like recess. You you share in the highs and the lows and the victories and the, you know, just the camaraderie of it all. And, um, you know, now that we, we are living, you know, without sports, it's really, uh, I have to look really deep to get the fire in my belly going every day. But um, I think, you know, sports provides a lot of uh, black and white press that you cannot necessarily put a dollar figure on. Uh, the better your athletic program is, um, you know, I think it helps you bring, uh, diff- you know, uh, varied student athletes to your campus. I, I think it adds energy and, um, you know, I-, I think the transition to division one and the, um, the strategic effort that the school made, that Longwood made to really try to elevate the athletic program and compete at the highest level has, has been a challenge for sure. But um, I think it's impressive what Longwood has done with limited resources, really. Uh, So I love when, when Longwood has such great success in so many sports and, you know, several of the teams are doing well and it's too bad basketball couldn't finish their season because the men and women were doing so well. And, um, you know, of course, softball is just a feather in the cap of the school. Uh, you know, but actually I think I could go through several sports, you know, the golf, the golf program has always been, um, great. Dr. Smith is one of my favorites ever. Uh, I had her as a teacher and, um, or a professor at Longwood actually. So, Anyway, yeah, so I think athletics is a key part of, uh, of progress and of vision in, in the direction that a school goes. So uh, I'm happy for the athletes who go to Longwood now who get, you know, more of a schedule, more of a competitive schedule. They have more, more resources and academic support and Strength and conditioning and things like that, and um, you know, I think I think Troy did an amazing job as an AD, and now Michelle is really, um, you know, continues to step it up. So it's great to see that. It makes me a proud alum.
0: (laughs) It's interesting that you talk about some of those things because now, obviously, you've been an athletic director for for a few years at St. Catherine's School in Richmond. Do you see yourself kind of looking at some things and be like, oh, I I see these different pieces happening. Um, Does being an athletic director kind of change your, your view, maybe back to when you were even a coach or just a student, a student athlete? Yes.
1: Yes. I think, I think, um, you know, coaching was my passion and um, it's what I did. I think my, my colleagues and friends thought something was wrong with me when I left coaching to be an athletic director. Um, and it was a complete right hand turn in my career. I, I had not planned for that. It was not a goal or a dream or anything I had ever considered. And in fact, when the opportunity arose, I thought, well, I don't know how to do that. And, um, you know, I, I loved everything about my coaching career at the University of Virginia and at Dartmouth. And I felt so fortunate to work at two amazing. Uh, Division one universities like that. And the student athletes I got to work with there, the coaches, um, the mentors I had, just incredible. So this was, um, it was a little crazy. It was like walking out on a tree limb, a little skinny one, and thinking, okay, when this thing breaks, where am I going to land? And um, anyway, so, but it was a neat challenge, helping raise money at Longwood, build new facilities. And I guess I guess in theory, um, you know, when you're a college coach, you're very focused on your program, your recruits, your camps, your staff, um, the coordination you have with sports information and, you know, all the other parts of a university athletic program. And so I think it's partly (laughs) how I justified making this change was like, okay, I can do some of those same things, but it might have a broader effect. Um, you get to student athletes a little earlier before they're sort of you know real real people <laughs> as adults when you when you meet them in college and at, at the point you're bringing them into your college program th- their skill level is higher you know they they've sort of developed who they are as an athlete of course as a coach your challenge is to you know, mesh a team with a lot of big egos and, and high level talent. But um, anyway, so in theory, I thought, okay, some of these same skill sets I could use, but at the high school level, you know, I'll, I'll start working with these kids in seventh grade and watch them grow. And it was, it was a big shift, but honestly, that, that is the biggest joy of this job at this level is, you know, what a, what a um, gift to be around, Teenage kids, you know, they keep you on your toes. They keep you current to some degree. They they would not say I'm current, but I think I'm staying pretty current. Um, you know, they're funny. They're they struggle with things. You have to help them through it. Uh, the guidance they need and and seek out is great. Um, anyway, it's it's a really great situation. And then to see them in seventh and eighth grade to then develop in into JV and varsity players in high school and go on to play in college it's um, I mean that you know I don't know I don't see my job as a job it's really uh, I look forward to it every day I get out of bed with a grateful heart and I love going to work and uh, you know work work with a lot of great people and especially the student athletes and my coaches.
0: You mentioned being current. Have they made you get, get a TikTok or anything like that?
1: Oh, my gosh. I was so afraid you were going to ask about TikTok.
0: <laughs> um,
1: no, I am, I'm not there yet. I, I, I do the Twitter and the Instagram for the athletic part of the school. We have a great communications and marketing department that uh, does amazing things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. And so they gave me the little athletic piece of that. So um, it's a challenge to keep up with all of that. I have not gone the TikTok route yet. Are you on TikTok?
0: I have to admit, I am not on TikTok. Um, so I, I'm i probably showing my slight age there as well. I, I've i heard of it, just have not yeah. found the, the time necessary to get into it. I don't have a Snapchat either, which is probably something the current generation is like, whatever. But yeah, that was big a couple of years ago, at least. And is never, my
1: niece uh, try to help me along as well. They're uh, they're in Delaware. One's a senior, one's a sophomore. Um, and the, the sophomore niece has tried to make make me make very funny faces with my face on Snapchat a lot, you know, those crazy distortions and whatnot. Get the kick out of that.
0: I gotta ask, what's it like being an athletic director and watching a game as opposed to being a coach like you used to be?
1: How tough is it? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, it's,
0: hmm.
1: So I feel uh, like I live so much, my afternoons feel so intense to me because I feel like I am on the field and in the huddle with every single team, every single coach, I feel like I'm on the field as a teammate with every one of the athletes, um, just living those moments of the, you know, the the challenges, the highs, the lows, the excitement. Um, And I just love going to sporting events. I mean, who, you know, who gets to do that every day except athletic directors? Um, You know, I'll run from a tennis match over to a field hockey game. Um, And then inside for an evening volleyball game and, uh, you know, or catch a cross country meet. I try to, you know, I get to a few things every day, uh, which is also a nice part about being a high school athletic director. Um, You know, we we do have different facilities, but um, it's just really fun to live that journey with them. And I feel like I, you know, I get really excited when we have a lot of success or I know a coach has been trying to work on something with their team and they finally make it happen. I'm, I'm very happy for the coach. I feel like I'm right there uh, sharing in their, their joy and success. Um, and, you know, when we have tough losses, I, I, take, it, I take it personal and, um, you know, all of that. So it's fun. I, it's fun being on the sideline with, with our parents. Um, and trying to you know understand where they are watching their daughters play and grow and uh, you know, we have a lot of competitive parents too. They, they get into it for sure, um, which I think is great you know because they care, and they are making a lot of sacrifices in order for their daughter to participate in sports. You know they give up family dinners, they give up vacations, they arrange their schedule around sports.
0: It sounds like you get your ten thousand steps a day in at the very least yeah yeah i do i do i do
1: yeah but it's an it's a neat perspective i think because i think you also uh whether or not you want to be more mature i think you have to be you know i can't i can't express everything i'm feeling on the sideline because i'm trying to set an example i think also that um you know, in, in college and high school sports, you're part of an educational model of sports and it's not a win at all cost. It's more about, um, you know, you're part of a school, you're part of a school community and uh, the bigger picture of the students understanding their academic responsibility, being good citizens in their schools and beyond um, outside of their schools and making contributions that way, you know, it's, you, you have to, you know, settle into being a little more, um, you know, kind of open-minded and and looking at things from 40,000 feet, what is in the best interest of these students. And they're under so much stress today. Um, I am certainly glad I am done with school because these kids put so much pressure on themselves to get in the right college, to get the right grades, to get the right SATs, And, uh, you know, and they try to do sports and they try to do clubs and they try to do, uh, you know, dance and theater and other things. And wow, I mean, I admire all that they try to do um, to grow and be the best they can be. But it's also, you know, I have to help guide them to make good choices to, um, you know, figure out their bandwidth for what they can be good at and feel good about rather than just a
0: list of here's all that I do. It's amazing. You even think about how, how it, how it has changed. It's incredible to see just the, I mean, the world changes. That's just an inevitable part of life, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it is. You know, there's these moments in history, which um, I've lived through way more than you have but you've lived through more than current students have in that um, it's like a moment that defines before and after. Yeah. And right now all of us will be thinking, well, before the pandemic, you know, this is what life was like. Or I remember before the pandemic, we did this or went here or whatever. And moving forward, I think for you, for years, you know, decades, I don't know how long we will be saying since the pandemic, you know, after the pandemic, at least I hope we are saying after the pandemic soon, you know, but it's, its you know, I think the, the, our, the students I work with, you know, the juniors and seniors right now were born after 9-11. Well, when 9-11 happened, and I'm not comparing 9-11 to the pandemic, I'm just saying that we could have never imagined what happened on 9-11 and, and there was the whole moment of how fragile our security became and how perspective changed. And, um, you know, what do we do from here? You know, how do we manage this moving forward? How do we make things safe for our students and athletics, which I think is very vulnerable, um, you know, always being out on fields and in big spaces and places. But um, anyway, so I I think that's, I'm looking every day for the silver lining in this situation we're in. Um, You know, I think families have probably gotten a lot of quality time more than they ever could have imagined. I think people have gone back to a simpler life, though technology for especially young people, you know, gives them a different outlet but you know just people riding bikes and taking walks and people who are exercising who maybe never exercised before you know I think I think there's some good things there I think I think as we do hopefully emerge out of this we'll appreciate sports and gatherings and people and coaches and everything else I hope we just have a greater appreciation for that um, moving forward but yeah, we could have never imagined that in 2020 in the United States that we would just be uh I don't know what to say on on our knees in uh not not knowing where we're headed.
0: It's un, it's unprecedented for sure. I only it's, have a couple more questions. They're kind of all related to each other. Um my my first one so you, you look at the last couple of years. So I know 2016 so you're in the Longwood Hall of Fame. 2016, the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. I was reading in 2018, they actually named a field after you at St. Catharines. Am I remembering correctly?
1: You are. And then yeah. this
0: year, obviously, the Alumni Award as well. It's, it's quite the run over the last four or five years. We've talked a little bit about the Alumni Award. I wanted to ask, what's it like having a field named after you where you work?
1: <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, that, uh, I don't think there is anything in my life that could have shocked me more than that. And I mean, of all the things that can happen in your life, that just was, you know, another moment of just really didn't know what to say or how to act when, when the presentation happened, I, I was so stunned how they kept that secret. I had approved the scoreboard, I knew what it looked like, you know, and at this event, they showed the scoreboard and my name was under it. And I'm like, what, how did that happen? And how did I not know about this? I I was taken aback by that, but I was also just thinking, okay, there is no book that tells you how you're supposed to react to that kind of surprise and honor. And, you know, some sometimes, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just stood there. I think I was, I, I just had a blank stare. People are like, did you already know? Because you had no reaction. And I'm like, I, I went totally numb. I, I I, had no idea what to do. Um, And I'm just thinking, I had no idea. There's no book on how you're supposed to act. But anyway, it that was a huge honor. It is very weird to see it written like around, you know, in in things, you know, like it's on the Dayton turf field, that's weird to me, um, and to see it, uh, but, you know, it didn't take me long to get back on the ground, and just keep moving on, it's its a field, I call it the turf field, we're very, very lucky at St. Catharines to have an amazing facility like that, I mean, its it's a million-dollar facility, what it will do for our program and our students is amazing we hope to share it with the community some as well but um anyway yeah i don't so i don't know what it's like i haven't answered your question i've just rambled on for a minute because i don't know what to say
0: that's okay but sometimes the answer is truly i don't know it was i i w- that was a follow-up i was going to ask was if you knew beforehand and i'm impressed no. whoever you work with they can keep secrets really really well <laughs>
1: I will go to my graves thinking how that I mean I'm in on a lot of secrets around here and right. I felt like how can this happen it, and it would I mean I would have had a fit over you know <laughs> that it yeah anyway they they did a they did a they did a good job <laughs> I, I worked with some great people and um that that was uh I I have a feeling you know who who might have push for that and been behind it. And, um, I appreciate all that love, but you know, it just, I was shocked. I'm glad I'm alive. (laughs) That it's not an after the fact. um, (laughs) I'm glad it's not because I retired. I mean, actually some people have contacted me and said, Oh, are you retiring? And I'm like, no. And, uh, one alum contacted her mother who lives in the area and said, you know, did miss Dayton die? (laughs) So, I'm glad neither of those things are true. Um, no, it's, it is a, it's a, it's a real honor. And uh, in, in so many ways, in so many ways.
0: My last question, just going to be, you know, we'll, we'll end talking a little bit about some of the national team, both, both playing and then being elected to the hall of fame. What did that mean to you when it, when it happened? And then what do you, what are some of those memories you carry with you from the national team? Some things you're like, wow, that was awesome.
1: With, within the, time that i was so lucky to be a part of that team you know making the 1986 world cup team was certainly a highlight I, I i trained out of my mind for that it was so competitive that was you know so meaningful to every ounce of my being to make make the the world cup team and wear that uniform and hear the national anthem. And to this day, the national anthem, you know, has, has a little bit different meaning. But um, when I, what I mostly think about that time is some of those people that I got to play with um, are still some of the dearest friends in my life. And um, they, I learned so much from them, you know, the older uh, veteran players, I didn't mean older age wise, but just the veteran players who were confident and experienced and who had been on the national team, I felt like took me under their wing, you know, made sure I was doing okay. It's a very intimidating environment. Um, you know, to be surrounded by people who had played lacrosse for, you know, 10 and 15 years Mm -hmm. and who had played on really good high school teams, really good, you know, college teams. And, um, you know, I just, I didn't have that kind of experience. Actually, there's a a woman from, who was, uh, who played at Shippensburg State University, and I played at Longwood, and we were sort of the, you know, we, we felt like the two novelties on the team, because most people were from, you know, Penn State, and UVA, and, you know, traditional powerhouse type programs, and um, so we always felt like, you know, we had to, we had to work extra hard to earn our keep. But, um, but I think it's mostly the relationships that I remember, you know, sharing those times, the grueling practices, um, the, the training, which had to be by myself mostly because there wasn't anyone else in the area at the time that was on the national team. Um, when I was coaching at UBA, of course there was, and I had people to train with. But when I first made the team, uh it was my last couple years in at Longwood and then I was in Richmond for four years at St. Catherine's I I taught here right out of Longwood and then I left for 15 years to go be a college coach so it was sort of a weird boomerang but um anyway yeah I I think everywhere I've been and most everything I've done I look back to the relationships that have met the most so um I mean, the coaches I had at the U.S. level, phenomenal. The opportunity was phenomenal. The teammates um, and just long, long time friends, really, really special. I felt so lucky to have that
0: opportunity. Awesome. Again, and I wouldn't have
1: had that opportunity, I don't believe, had I not
0: gone to Longwood College. And it's an incredible story because you think about the fact that you played field hockey there and then you play lacrosse and you said you played while you were at long. So less than four years between when you picked up the stick, you play for the national team.
1: Right. <laughs> and, you know, again, in thinking about just how long ago that was, I, uh, I think that, you know, I'm not sure many people today would have that opportunity. The U S program has evolved and, you know, I'm not sure there are many spots for people like, uh, me or my friend from Chippensburg, maybe, you know, just, you know, at, at, at schools, uh, that, or or people that didn't play as long, but anyway, I'm happy that I I had my time. I got out of it healthy. I retired on my 30th birthday, so I had a good 10 year run and that was great. And, kept kept playing hockey that long as well. I just wasn't,
0: uh, wasn't at that higher level. I really appreciate your time. And I'm hoping next time we get to talk, it'll actually be in person. That would be
1: awesome. I would look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, I would say to all the Longwood community, you know, we're all on the same team let's beat this thing and everybody stay safe and um we're hoping for better days ahead real soon but thanks thanks for your time and interest i really appreciate it it's great to see you and get to know you
0: thanks again julie what a ride we've expanded the podcast to new venues so you can follow it in many of your favorite places like google play music spotify or you can find it at longwoodlancers.com in the fan zone section under podcasts if you want longwood athletics videos Subscribe to Longwood U Lancers on YouTube. Of course, Longwood Athletics is verified on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the What the Elwood podcast.